The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. The orange improved to 13-7, and 6-3 after the 80-63 win over Georgia Tech on the road. Malik Brown with a day offensively, chipping in 18 points. And Georgia Tech chipping in 16 turnovers. Uh, you'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you in fan feedback. Syracuse returns to the Dome and will host UNC Tuesday and uh, at 9 o'clock. We'll let you know what we think about that. Uh, appreciate everybody who, well, I mean, another blacked out game <coughs> in Syracuse. So Appreciate you, Sean. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know what you guys would do without me sometimes. I'm trying to see. Me included yesterday. You include you. You had to watch yesterday. You had to watch the stream. Mm-hmm. Oh, Unless okay. I wanted to watch or pay seventy dollars for an annual subscription to Fubu TV. Really, or Fubo TV. I, wa- well, I wonder what it is about. I wonder what it's it a yes is. Yes Network, about. man. It's not, but I don't have Yes. I have Masson. So it's yeah. Something about Directv can get it. Oh, okay. So it comes to cable. You gotta have that yes network, man. I gotcha. Well, I don't know when there's gonna be another another regional sports network game, but um, I'm around. What's crazy to me is that it even gets blacked out to ESPN. That's the craziest thing to me. Yeah, like, why? What's up? Why? I don't. I don't even understand that. Like it's yeah. conference play. Nothing should be to that point. Especially, yeah. I mean, yeah. If it's on the ACC network channel or network extra. And AC ne- ACC Network and, and ESPN are working together, and majority of those get streamed through ESPN Plus and ESPN uh, Watch. Then that should never be blacked out. So I'm sorry, especially in an area where like it's like okay, it's at Georgia Tech. I mean, I live in New North Carolina. Like I'm not really. I mean, I guess it's kind of regionally, but not really. Um, <laughs> and you know, New York definitely isn't. So that's just a, a yes uh, mo- monopoly as far as that's concerned. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have an, an answer for money. that. But yeah, it's money, but I mean, I just don't remember it being like this this late in the season. It was because we did this a lot early. It's mostly non-conference stuff. You know, it wasn't usually, you know, like right in the middle of conference play. Kind of. Yeah, well, again, I mean, you shouldn't punish them. It's It's a situation where... I can understand sometimes stuff being blacked out if it's like in a weird situation and the game's home or whatever. But like people in Syracuse didn't have an option. I mean, most people don't have an option to go to Georgia Tech. So 
Um, and if they want to play it on cable and there's no other, you know, channel, if you have yes, that's like, yeah, we'll do it, but we're not going to let anybody stream it through yet. Like I would have said, no, like, I don't even really understand why we even allow, um, yes to be a part of it, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Well, there's more people are just not going to watch it versus sign up for yes. No, sorry. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe the answer is direct TV. It is snowing. It's balls off in Buffalo. It was great. All right. Let's. I just happened to see it. The game's just about to start. Um, yeah. All right. Let's hear what Coach had to say following the win. I thought when the, we made the substitutions in, in the first half and went with our press, we didn't really steal the ball, but they pushed it and they took a couple threes in transition. Then we were able to get the rebound and get down and score. So it really wasn't a matter of getting steals, but it was really a matter of them taking some shots. And then uh, I thought our interior defense got a little bit better. We started very slow defensively. And uh, then our our interior defense got better. That helps us. Um, Joe, uh, you know, had a... Huge first half, first huge game. He was uh, tremendous. You know, Smith's a pretty good defensive player, and he just was tremendous. And I thought when Judah came back, he was really good. He, he made a couple really great reads, passes, and I thought I just thought everybody helped. Munir helped us in the first half. Saimir, uh, I thought Quadir has been he's been really good in practice and. I thought it was a game against their man that he could get something. And the interesting thing is he just goes after balls. He had six rebounds in 17 minutes. Our two starting forwards had three in 26. And that's just not a good statistic. And it's been that way. And uh, it's, it's, it's really something we've talked about and looked at. Malik was really good offensively. He... he didn't do the usual rebounding job he does usually. He usually gets more, but he had a really good offensive game. Uh, I thought Joe and, and Judah really looked for him, and, and he finished around the basket. But, you know, this was a good win. Yeah, he's... He, He's been good at that. He must have watched Buddy play. He might, maybe he thinks he's six six. I don't know. You know, he got around the basket. He was just stronger and better in there. And I, I, th- I just think Miami's more physical. You know, this team is not as physical, so he has an advantage there. All right. So look, the, uh, the you know, Syracuse goes down early again and you're just like okay well let's wait for him to warm up I suppose it seems to take about 10 minutes for the defense and the offense to get on the same page and um, get things going but typical uh, the press using the press early you know down by 11 in, in the first half I thought was good and uh, it, it's been effective which is refreshing because, you know, the past couple of years, it's just the, the, the maybe it was effort. I don't know. You know, Quadir Copeland did a, a great job, scrappy, gritty. Um, 
you know, if I'm you know, Joe, first of all, Joe, has, how many bad games has Joe have had this year? I mean, he's been as consistent as he's ever been this year, and he's got, I think, eight or nine games with twenty plus points, and I mean, he's just a machine. And yeah. I think you know, having Judah there and him playing the two, I think, is a huge contributor to that because. You know, and then you could, and then and the the whole operation down low too, with Malik Brown and Jesse down there. Like it just, there's so many problems offensively with that Syracuse presents as a team to defenses. And I mean, you can't cover everybody all at the same time if you're um, too worried about Jesse because. You're clogging it, clogging it up down there, and then Joe's on fire, and Judah's going to drive, and then even Joe is starting to, you know, drive into the lane and back out, and um, catching guys in their momentum and, and making them look stupid. So, I mean, I I just wish I just wish that for once it would be a case where they start like this, and um, I'd rather have them finish like this than start like this, right? But yeah. it'd be nice not to have to come from behind. But with that said. I mean, um, a hell of a win. 17 points yeah. just dismantled them towards the end of that game. And the other thing is is they um, – the press again, like Coach said, there wasn't any steals or anything like that. But that's not really what I think I'm looking for. It's, it's, it's to just get them out of their rhythm and, and, and make them yep. speed up and have them make mistakes. Like I said in the open, they, they – 16 turnovers. I mean, it was just sloppy for Georgia Tech at one point, and they looked good at the beginning of the game, um, hitting those threes and everything. And even when they were, Syracuse was right there. And um, going down and making useful trips and being able to at least score two. and um, Yeah. It was just, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's a game we had to win because of who they are, right? So, yeah. So it, there's that. But it was a road win in the ACC. So Yeah. And, and I mean, part of it, I think, is that every week or every game, we don't know who, what the right, you know, combination combination is going to be. So there's always a feeling out process. And if we come out and we're playing against a team that's a little bit better on defense and they're not allowing us to to get some of these points until we get, you know, feel out the situation, then that's why I think we we do go down like that. Um, I think because Georgia Tech and the team that they were, you know, it allowed us to kind of stay a little bit closer. Um, But. Yeah, I just you know when Malik Brown's playing like this, I don't I don't know <laughs> how much room there is for Benny. To be perfectly honest with you, I still think that Justin Taylor and Chris Bell have to work better with um, moving around the three point line and moving without the ball. That I think that's why Brown works so well. Um, you know, you throw in the fact that Jesse has been getting the ball down low, and then you know he was getting double teamed. That was kind of stalling our offense out a little bit. It could have been a reason why we lost a couple of games earlier in the ACC conference. But now, you know, when Malik playing the way he is and moving without the ball and stuff like that, um, you know, even cut, catch Joe doing a little backdoor screen so that Malik Brown could go, you know, cut to the hoop for a wide open dunk. I mean, you know, you, you get a guy like that. And that's what we talked about in the beginning of the year about f- figuring out your roles. Um, and, uh, six eight six and a power forward that wants to play away from the defense and isn't moving without the ball and only and you know shoots jumpers and one on one stuff. Uh, that's not what we need to to maximize our you know efficiency and possibility of winning a game um, for Syracuse. So um, that's what you see with that. And as far as the other guys go, um, 
you know, teams, even though teams, there could be some fast paced teams, but even a lot of times the two, three zone, they, they slow those teams down. You know, they work the ball around, they work the defense around, try to find the openings and they get some shots. And uh, I think, you know, once a team gets comfortable, you know, I don't mind whatsoever and actually would prefer them bringing in, you know, a lineup like, you know, the Copeland and Torrance and, you know, get some of those, you know, your athletic, you know, rangy guys out there, Malik Brown. And like you said, if not anything, just kind of mess up, um, you know, the flow and the confidence and, and, and maybe their comfortability of what's going on and, and then get them to force some some shots, uh, quick shots, and just change the way that the, that the game's flowing. Like that sometimes just changes everything, um, whether you get the steals or not. So, And I think that's what Jim was alluding to. And I think that, you know, uh, we should be doing that. I think that Samir and Quadir should be getting, you know, 10 to 15 minute you know, spurts in, in you know, getting the game going and, and trying to change up the momentum and uh, kind of the flow of the game to kind of keep the other team on their toes and keep them from getting comfortable. So good on him. Joe, all, all 40 minutes, five rebounds, seven assists, six for 10 from three, 28 points, a phenomenal game. And then, like we we're saying, Malik Brown um, just. I mean, just a solid game. You know, only coach says he only gets four. He only got four rebounds, but I mean, look, yeah, when you're I'll, scoring I'll eighteen four points, <laughs> yeah, four steals. I'll take the, I'll take the, um, I'll take the the eighteen points too. So, and he's all hustle. Yeah, well, he's always it, trying to get his yeah. ball, his hand on the ball. He came up behind the guy and got a steal. You know, uh, same with Quadir. I mean, he's the one that you, you when he's in the game, he is going after the fifty fifty balls. He's going to be someone who's going to, he's going to give up his body, kind of like Judah does, um, to, to get down the ground. And, you know, only two points, but six rebounds. And, you know, just the gritty in the, in the, in the grittiness and in, in the, the, the hustle that you need on, on a floor. And he put in, I mean, you know, look, it's not always about scoring, but a solid 17 minutes for him. I, it's been a few games since we've seen him get some valuable minutes. And, I feel like, you know, despite the two points, I mean, he made the Valuable best of them. 32. <laughs> Which, I mean, no, no, no. Quadir. No, I'm. Oh, Quadir. So, yeah, okay. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. 17. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like you said, getting the rebounds, getting the assists, uh, just being out there, being active, trying to force them. I mean, they had some unforced turnovers and stuff like that, you know, 16 to be exact, and we out rebounded them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this game kind of went exactly the way that I thought it would, would end up going. It's just you never know what the combo, what's going to work, you know. And we didn't even need to press at that point in time. You don't need to press down 11 in the first half. But, I know. But I liked it, though. I liked that but decision yes, to exactly. do it. Yeah. Yes, yes. I like it. And, and you know, I just think that, again, um, I almost feel like this is a kind of breaking year for, for Bayheim because he hasn't had this many options and this many – um, chances to kind of switch stuff up for a very, very long time, like way, way before. I mean, probably before our sanctions. You know what I mean? So, I think you know, talking about the press, it just he's got the availability. First of all, it's better. It's better, so why not do it more? You know, you're down by eleven in the first half. Okay, give a give a five minute run doing it or whatever, and <sighs> save save some for later. But it was always desperation. The past few years when yes. we've seen the press, it was always just yep. out of pure desperation yep. because we're about to lose this game, and it's just, oh, well, let's throw all this at the wall and see what happens. And, um, you know, it's just, not, it's just not like that anymore. Now it's just, yep. it's just uh, it, is a, it is a tool in the, in the tool belt that yeah, you, I mean, you can use. And I don't even care if we're up. 
We're on the road. We're up to <laughs> I know. Maybe play, Judah yeah. and Jesse need a little burn. Take Judah and Jesse out, put in some other guys, and press them. It, obviously, Georgia Tech was extremely frustrated with that Syracuse yeah. defense. Um, and that's to say the least because they, some of the mistakes that they were making, some sloppy basketball, some of the mistakes they were making were just – And they – well, I mean, let's be honest. They weren't really being so too successful underneath the hoop as well. Um, so – think that's where it kind of especially early too because they hit threes early like i think they kind of fell in love with the three hitting 10 out of 31 isn't awful but they probably took too many threes and they should have um nate on facebook good uh win on the road huge game again for jg3 and for brown it's always good when you beat the teams you should yes i think had to have it and um and you know i guess that's the motto so far this year is just don't lose anymore that you should win and maybe the rest will take care of itself. They're going to have to have some kind of signature win or two down the stretch here to make a big difference. And, you know, you, st- you still got the tournament, the ACC tournament, but I don't want to have to be in a position to rely on something big to happen in the ACC tournament either. So, um, yeah, the problem with that is is that we've seen situations right now where we're seeing situations where teams are getting better. Duke's growing up. Florida North State. Car- <laughs> North Carolina's gotten better. Florida State. Um, we were at Boston College. Next time we play them, and they've they've played some teams tough. Um, so you know, there's some teams that are growing up now too. Wake Forest don't look bad, and that's the last game on, on the schedule. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> the problem is, is that the games that we're supposed to win, um, the amount of them are shrinking. Like. Oh, yeah. Every day. Yeah, it is. And it's due to the point you just made, but also because, you know, we've we've just had a lot of those games early, the two Notre Dame games, and we were hoping, you know, at some point Notre Dame would pick their self up off the floor and do something so they can get out of the basement of the quad system so that looks a little better <laughs> on our re- resume, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. No. Uh, at Oil Cuse, great to win this game. I think we are a good team, but we need some quad one wins. Uh, y'all were on the Brown train since November, and he's been a player. How many wins does it take now to get into the tournament? Um, Joe called All Malik Brown out, I think, before the freaking single tip-off happened i believe it was when we were talking about him committing or when we looked at all the commits some kind of preview show yeah, or something like that commit show. Yeah, yeah. yeah um but uh look cap it's i don't know if it's the number so much as it is the wins themselves so like you like no. like he said earlier in his in his uh his post you know need some quad one wins i mean it would be fantastic to get uh, one or two of those and win the ones you should from here on out. And, you know, you talk about teams getting better. Well, guess what? I think Syracuse is getting better. I think Syracuse is getting yeah. better. We're, we're way better now than we were a month ago. Well, maybe not way better, but we're, I think we're way better than we were in the beginning of the season. I do think we're better than we were a month ago. And when you look at what Malik Brown's been doing and you get a little bit of burn from Copeland here and there, I think those guys are, um, and you know, we know what Samir brings, but I think with Malik Brown especially, you know, he's just getting way more comfortable, and he's a problem with him and Jesse down there. That's a problem. I mean, everybody. I mean, just yeah. you saw how how 
you saw how they're working together and they're getting way more comfortable picking for each other. And some, some of those assists we had were from super far out. I mean, Joe Girard was throwing them in there he had for a, to a wide open Malik Brown yeah. from the three point line, right? I mean, yeah. we had the alley oop to Jesse. I mean, we have some of these plays going on. And Jesse, I mean, he's finding him. He's Malik's moving out the ball and he's doing just the, the little stuff that he needs to do. He doesn't have to be fancy. I mean, he's out there with a garbage pail, blue collar. And, um, you know, he's not trying to, you know, I mean, obviously everyone's trying to impress, but he don't care about a jump shot. He don't care about a three-pointer. You know, he knows his job. He knows what he's supposed to do, and he goes out and he does it well. Um, now, when alluding to the the tournament, um, you know, six and three in the conference right now, good. 13 and seven overall, not as good as we'd like. Um, but, you know, we're 10 and three at the last 13. And, you know, that's pretty good. And we have been getting better. And, and every every game we lost... You know, we came back and we made it a game against Pitt and Virginia and Miami. You could argue we probably should have won. So, <clears throat> you know, even right now we got 11 games left. We go seven and four. Then that gives us 20 wins, 20 and 11. And I think it just comes down to like what you said is who do we beat? And right now, um, you know, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that you know we're a talented enough team um, to beat any of these teams. I think so too. I I do, but it's just getting increasingly difficult you know yep we'll and, talk uh, about, 11 games left six at home five away and we'll talk about north carolina coming up but you got virginia tech in blacksburg uh hunter couture is better and you know by the time we get there he's probably going to be they're, they're still one and seven in the conference too yeah well they were good at the beginning of the year they were um, let's see, let's see, let's see. At Donnie Lake, this shows we can beat the bottom feeders, but need to beat the top tier team before I get excited. Well, I'll tell you what, I could, I'll still get excited. I'll still get excited, but I understand what he's saying. Some, some, some of the fans a little impatient on getting one of these signature wins. Uh, you mentioned Miami should have won that and, um, totally agree. I think, um, that was a huge missed opportunity and probably one of the better case scenarios that we that we um, had. So, especially up to this point. I mean, there's other opportunities, but one point loss against Pitt. Too little too late on that one, too. So, um, let's see. Top fan Nadal on Facebook. Joe Girard is tra- channeling his inner buddy Beheim with how he's looking for his shot and getting inside scoring at will. Um, at will, all well and good against lesser competition. Let's see it in action against Davis and Love on Tuesday. A tough test at home with the orange. By the way, there's no Nadal killing me with the no punctuation per Joe's request. So I'll decipher when the sentences should end <laughs> on my own. Appreciate it, Nadal. <laughs> by the way, uh, geez, some crow. So, um, uh, let's see. It's great. For, uh, a test at home for the Orange as guards of UNC are as pro- prolific in their scoring as Baycott, going to need a balanced attack and defense to have a chance. Jesse will need to help from his forward. Will need help from his forwards as well, and I think we get it done in the end for one of the biggest wins in two years. So well. th- this was my upset pick, and you know we'll talk about UNC, but this is like an all-star cast. This UNC team, it's all names we know, it's all names we've heard for a few years, 
and um, they're going to have to, it's going to be, you know, when we talk about Miami and we talked, hey, look, you know, you got to be almost perfect to pull these wins off in um, that's going to be a situation where it just can't be a lot of, can't be a lot of, um, you know, s- slow starts can't be a thing. Turnovers can't be a thing. Um, rebounding's going to be huge in that game. So, uh, you know, look, I think they can do it. I think uh, going on the road and getting that W against Georgia Tech is um, is big for confidence and uh, say what you want, but you know, it's still a road win, like I mentioned, in the ACC, and it it feels good to get it. And it and it wasn't like it was close. Let's let's be honest. Like once they took the lead, especially in the second half, I mean, Syracuse just held that lead steady until it just was, until it just was blown open, and it wasn't. It was it. Um, at Cuse Hoops ninety seven, Syracuse is improving every game. They definitely look the part of a tournament quality team. Early season woes probably too much to overcome. North Carolina, you're next. Well, it comes. <laughs> yeah, there's some issues there, but you know it comes. It's going to come down to like we said, the next game. North Carolina is the next game, and we'll uh, we'll see how how that goes. Uh, at CBB Crow, Malik Brown is everything you want in a basketball player on UNC. Yeah, I mean, he's he's awesome. And I saw a comment, and I don't know, was it last year or last week or last game rather, um, about you know the fact that if these kids all return next year. I mean, that's a that's going to be a solid cast yeah. for them as well. Uh, I mean, I think that I think that this is something that we can overcome. Uh, obviously, we still yeah, have the games I, to absolutely. do it. Yeah. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I look at Colgate. Colgate's eight and zero in their conference. Um, I think realistically, the game that it might come back and bite us, and I'm still going to always look at it, is that Bryant game. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, you also wonder too if it comes down to it, does the tournament look at a non-conference game back in you know? what, November or whatever, where Judah Mintz, your best player, or one of your best players, gets kicked out of the game. And I mean, and you lose by one. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind if Judah doesn't get kicked out, we win that game. Um, and it's just unfortunate that we can't have that one back. Bryant's currently four and three in their conference, like, I think, fourth. Yeah, so great. <clears throat> you know, I, I think Colgate is going to win their conference and get through, you know, and there's St. John's in Illinois, which I don't think look bad. So realistically, you take that Bryant, at least just that Bryant game off of our, our resume resume right now. When we're 14 and six, I think it's a different kind of resume. Yeah, uh, it definitely, I totally agree. If there's one, like I said, if there's one I could play again, uh, it would be that one. I would, I would love to see that game happen again. Chris on Facebook, we won one game at a time. Consistent consistency would be wonderful. Unfortunately with freshmen, that can be tough. I it's, it's, I think there's aspects though to Syracuse's just, gameplay that's pretty damn consistent um we talked about the press we talked about the slow starts uh joe gerard is getting a whole lot better at being consistent and you know that's been a problem for three years uh, as you know as far as that goes but um position change yeah exactly and and you you have to position change and like i said you got other people doing other things and there's just more people to worry about it opens up a lot of stuff for him but his game has changed totally like he's because he's a shooting guard now he's at his yeah. natural position yeah and he's he's you know 
getting in the lane and backing out or even stopping guys in their tracks. And um, it's just, it's refreshing to, to say the least, especially, you know, when we went through the three years of, I don't want to call them the Joe haters, but I don't know how else to describe the crowd that was, you know, wanting Joe to to transfer even or be benched and things like that. I mean, this is kind of a, this is kind of a, you know, that puts a lot of those issues into perspective, him playing at his natural position. And, um, you know, it's everybody's so quick to be so just opinionated and nasty, you know. You know, just even look at what Judas had a one bad game, you know, besides the Bryant getting kicked out of the Bryant game, had the one bad game there against Miami. And, in in you know, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, he doesn't need to start. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, yeah. It's so reactionary. Uh, top fan Jesse on Facebook. Got to give Joe his props. He looked really good and has been consistent. Another empty box score for Bell, but played 20 minutes. I'm all for giving him the opportunities, but we have 11 contributors. If he's not hitting shots, we've got to get him out and get energy guys like Copeland, uh, Torrance, or Brown more minutes. That along with pressing more, and this team is dangerous. Yeah, the press is a tool now. The press is not just something that we do because we're about to get our asses handed to us. And Yeah, and they're going to get better at it too. So... We got a lot of different tools on this team, right? I know, and yeah. like I said, it depends on you know what tools do we need to go up against the other team's tools that day. And and then there's sometimes uh, the tools that we bring to the to the game aren't as sharp as they normally are or have shown in the past, right? So, um, you know, it's just it's like again, it's it's pretty much like putting a puzzle together while the other side of it is continuously moving game to game. So, um, I don't think Bayheim had a lot of options back in the day, you know. Um, not back in the day, but you know, recently, and we were going through sanctions pre-COVID, and then after COVID, so we just did. It's the, been like the most, we've had seven guys. We only have these right. guys. We got to figure it out. And now it's like you have this whole cast of characters where you can just. I mean, the sky is kind of the limit if you think about it. But you got to be able to pull that trigger and say, "I know you did this last game, but you're only going to play eight minutes today. You're going to play twenty minutes and come in." You know what I mean? And 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 that's just it's what we've seen. And, and when he does that, it works. Yeah, the, the the sky is the limit, and the, the I think we've seen the floor. So, you mm-hmm. know, there's no the floor is being competitive and not giving up. Yeah, well, right, right, yeah, exactly, <clears throat> yeah, and and you know they've done that. So they, um, without a doubt, it, I think it makes it a little bit like just from a just from a pure coaching perspective, I think it does make it a little confusing, uh, or maybe not confusing. I shouldn't say that, but it does make it a little bit more difficult when you have these many combinations to choose from, you know, to play around with and and just find what works and who's on that day too. So, you know, like bell, you know, bells, bells shown some tremendous flashes of, of what he could do. Um, you know, Benny would, you know, he had one good game and Benny's been like, he has been like, completely taken out of, I don't know what's going on, but he was, I mean, I just can't remember the last time Benny really did much of anything. And I know yeah. it's it's tough to tell in eight minutes, it really is, but if you're not if you're you know, if you're not doing anything in those eight minutes, you can't blame coach or the people that are sitting on the bench for, for yanking you, especially when you when you're looking at what Malik Brown is doing. Yeah. I so. mean you look at the non conference and obviously we can pick that apart. You know, St. John's is still eighty in the net. 
Illinois is still 30 in the net and Colgate's undefeated in their in their conference. Right. So there are some things when you can look at that stuff. But um, November 29th, <laughs> um, we got our ass kicked against Illinois. Oh, and yeah, we totally ever, did. Yeah. And ever since then, we've gone 10 and three and our losses are by two against Pittsburgh at home at Miami by four and a, probably the best team in the conference at their home court in which we came back and we lost by seven. So um, for almost two months, in a week it'll be two months in which we've been embarrassed. And since then, we've either won or been right there at, at, in every game. Yeah. Um, Jake on Facebook, please, dear God, stop getting down 10 points to start every game. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a legit request. Yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> doesn't um, mean you're going to lose, but I'll take it. Right, I, and and it looks like it, I hate to say this, I really do. Looks like Buffalo is going to be down fourteen nothing here, very quick. Hmm. The hell's going on there? Uh long game. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, did you say that last night? Long game. Don't worry yeah. about it. Did you? <laughs> uh, look, there were some things that needed to happen out of halftime, and it just didn't happen quick enough. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I wish I would have put we to put some points up on a board, and you know, just worried about keeping it as close as possible. But you know, hey, the, uh, yeah. Were you in on the chat on the live stream or what? There I was, was not. Good, there was some no. good chat in there. There's some good chat yeah. in there, and. Um, it was quite a few people watching. I mean, for us. like eighty. I feel like I wanted. I saw like eighty-three or eighty-six at one point. So something like that. I think you know. Um, we could get more. I just don't think it's. Just don't think people know that we usually do that. But anyway, it, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, all right, uh, that pretty much does it for that. So uh, let's move on to UNC. All right, the all-time series between Syracuse and UNC sits at 6-15 and 15 in favor of the Tar Heels. Since joining the ACC, Syracuse is 3-11 versus North Carolina. Uh, the two of those wins are two of those wins coming at home and then the one in the tournament uh, we remember from a couple years ago. Um, last year's game, North Carolina was uh, the, the victor, 88-79. Uh, Gerard, Buddy, Anselm, Swider, and Jimmy, you're starting five. Swider with 36 points in that game. UNC is 14 and six overall, and six and three in the ACC. They're tied for third with Wake Forest, Miami, Pitt, and Syracuse. All of those teams six and three. After losing four in a row early in the season to Iowa State, Alabama, Alabama game was four like four overtimes. Indiana and Virginia Tech. UNC has gone nine and two, only losing to Pittsburgh and Virginia. And I mean. You, you know the names. I mentioned it earlier. You got Armando Baycott, R.J. Davis, Leakey Black, Caleb Love. Uh, Baycott leading the team in scoring with 18 points a game. Also, couple that with 12 rebounds a game. Uh, they also have this 6'11", 230-pound forward transfer from Northwestern, Pete Nance. Uh, he's averaging 10 points a game and six rebounds to go along with that. So um, being a, a nice contributing factor there for, for the transfer. As a team, they are averaging just shy of 80 points a game, hitting 45% from the floor, 32% from three, and 
Um, call it 75% from the free throw line. Uh, R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, they're the guys that are, they like to, to throw up the three ball. R.J. Davis is pretty solid with 39%, hitting 39% of those shots. Caleb Love, uh, a little bit less than that, at 27% from distance. So an all-star cast, but Syracuse has had their luck at home, and we're playing in the Dome, so... That's good. I, I don't know what the crowd is going to look like at 9 o'clock on a Tuesday, but it's a big game. I feel like, you know, we should be able to draw some attention there in the Dome, and, and I hope that um, I hope that they can. I know that Adam Weitzman is bringing a couple of uh, potential NIL uh, candidates to that game with him. Those are going to be his guests, them and their families. So uh, the biggest problem I see, though, for Syracuse facing this North Carolina team is that North Carolina can grab the boards, man. Uh, They're averaging close to 40 rebounds a game. Uh, They're tied for 25th in the country and juxtapose that to Syracuse's 36 a game, which isn't, doesn't seem terrible, but 127th in the country. So that's, that's my worry. UNC is 32nd in the net rankings right now. It makes this just barely a quad two game. Just assume that Syracuse goes on to win this game and, and, and UNC finishes out the season strong. It could easily be a, a quad one game. They're only, they're only missing by a, a couple spots there for this to be a quad one game. So I don't yeah. see why they couldn't get there if, if we can pull this thing off. So anyways, Joe, a very... Um, a very talented, a very, a very veteran um, team, and you know um, they they made some noise early. They went through a little bit of a, a bump in the road, and um, it seems to be that they're back on track. Um, you know, we had the Armando Baycott got injured briefly there, and then um, you know he's he's back to being strong again. Get dudes tough to stop. I mean, a lot of these guys are tough to stop. So. What do you think? Well, you know, like I said, I mean, I always start with the schedule, and it just looks like a very similar schedule, uh, other than the fact that they played a whole bunch of different, like, more difficult teams. Uh, you know, losing uh, Iowa State, <clears throat> Alabama, Indiana um, in the non-conference, and then, you know, their last 13 games, they've been 11-2, and two, so it looks very similar to kind of like what we've been, except for, <clears throat> you know, they won a home game against Ohio State and Michigan. You know, they beat two of the better teams in the big 10 too. Uh, so, um, you know, they're definitely got a bigger difficulty of schedule and that's why they're ranked higher in the net. Um, as much as our, uh, records, the same straight, the schedule is not even close, especially non-conference, but, um, just looking through this win, um, you know, this win streak and everything like that. I, I mean, very similar, um, you know, a game at Pitt, and, and I know we played Pitt at home, but you know, they lost to two at, against Pitt. So did we, and they lost at Virginia by seven, and so did we. Um, other than that, they've kind of taken care of business against all the other teams. Um, you know, we haven't played NC State or Wake Forest yet, who are kind of up there in the in, in the standings, and they have. So, you know, um, <clears throat> last 13 games have been looked very similar, except for the fact that North Carolina has played and beat better teams. Um, but you can only play against who you play against, right? Um, and they haven't played Miami yet on the schedule. So, um, realistically, uh, to me, it's it's going to be a close game. I mean, we know what this team can do. They're bringing back a majority of who they have. I think that um, you know they made that run last year near the end of the year when they were 
kind of just clicking on all cylinders. And sometimes when you bring back those type of talented players, you know, um, Baycott not going to the NBA, Caleb Love not going to the NBA, um, <clears throat> that sometimes it's hard to, to replicate what happened the year before, especially because now you have an expectation. You know, we've been there, now we expect to do that. So a lot of times that puts a lot of pressure on uh, certain people's shoulders. And, you know, they don't have Brady Manic this year. And I think that he was a real big kind of glue guy to where, you know, he's a guy where he could hit the mid range. He could pass, play down low, shoot the three. And then, you know, I know that, um, you know, Nance can do that as well. Uh, they're a transfer from Northwestern. I just, is he doing it, um, you know, as well as Brady Manic has. Um, but other than that, when you look at their box score up and down uh, majority of their closed games, I mean, you're looking at um, a very, very similar roster that you know, we saw last year, you know, um, you got Baycott with R.J. Davis and Caleb Love and Leaky Black. And then instead of Brady Manick, we have Pete Nance. And then coming off the bench, we have Puff Johnson, who, you know, he had a, a good game against us last year. He's a 6'8", 200-pound junior, so there's some size. Um, and then a sophomore guard, DeMarco Dunn, who, uh, you know, comes in and kind of gives spells uh, <clears throat> some, of the, some of the guards. And he's 6'5", 190. So... You know, the one thing that North Carolina is always going to bring is size and athleticism, mm-hmm. um, and, and we're going to have to deal with that. Um, but, you know, when you look at it, I don't see them as that much better or maybe not even better than what they were last year. Um, they're going to be able to score, and they're going to be able to hit some shots, some ridiculous shots that they did last year. Um, but I don't think their defense is nearly what it was last year um, with Brady Manick. So we'll see. Um, you know, but they have beaten teams better than Syracuse. Um, I really don't know what to expect. I don't like a nine o'clock. I don't, I'm, I worry about the, the fans, but I usually, we show out for, for UNC and the, the students are there and they will too. So yeah, the students ESPN, are there. Right? So they got that. What's that? It's on ESPN, right? It is on ESPN. Yeah. So ESPN nine o'clock on a Tuesday. I mean, yeah, it's tough. I just, I just, you know, I, I, like I said, I worry about the rebound a little bit. You know, there's the typical guys that are going to give us fits, but it's just one of those. It's going to be a game where you can't hit the panic button. Just stay composed no. and and stay in it, and just give yourself a shot. And you know, that's the important thing, I think. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a winnable game. And like you said, I mean, <laughs> I, I think all of these games are winnable. And on the on the right day and the right combination of guys, I think. Um, I think they can pull it off, and I look for them to pull it off uh, because I picked them to win, so I'm going to stick with that. But um, I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be another – it's going to be another probably – if they can pull it off, it's going to be close. It ain't going to be a uh, – what the hell are you – what did you just enter a haunted Sorry house? Sorry about that, sir. What the hell's going on? <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, look, I think they win. Uh, I'm going to – I'm going to call a so. This might be a little high. I don't know, but maybe not though. But I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, Syracuse wins at home. They get this game. Ends up being a, a, a quad one game eventually, and they pull it off seventy nine to seventy six. So close. Uh, it's gonna be you know I predict if they're gonna win this thing that it's going to be. Another one of those games that um, you, you know, the cardiac cues in full effect. One of those. 
Uh, I mean, that's. I think it's going to be a close one for sure. I think it's going to be cardiac. Uh, but a lot of it has to do, again, with, I mean, it's going to be foul trouble type stuff and um, and rebounding. Um, kind of hoping that Jesse can. That's going to be interesting because I don't think Jesse got to play against Baycott last year. And I'd love to see, you know, what can happen there. I know Baycott's got a bigger body, but, you know, that's one matchup that I'm looking forward to, to seeing. And um, I'm looking forward I, to seeing it too, but it's also a matchup that presents foul issues for Jesse. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously that as well. It's a back and forth type thing. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of it about how that type of stuff's going to be played. I mean, and also, too, I think the guards match up pretty well. You know, I think um, they, they got guys that can guard Joe and, and Judah. And so I think it's going to have to be a team effort. And I think that, um, <clears throat> you know, just a different team. We were, we were in their game in the game last year. Caleb Love made some some real, real good shots. And we weren't as athletic as we were this year. We didn't have a Judah Mintz that could take it to the hole and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's, just, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for sure. But we do we're going to need to go in there. We're going to play. We're going to have to play rough and tough around around that basket. You know, they got. You know, fifth-year senior guys out there with Pete Nance at six eleven and Baycott, who just throws his body around. We know about them. So, um, and Leaky Black is a what six seven six eight, you know, forward slash guard that's going to be out there. Um, so yeah, it's all that stuff, man. It's all that stuff. Uh, and um, this is a big game for for me. Well, you too. Me personally, a lot of UNC fans in this area. Yeah, and it's one of those you know. You get to walk around with your chest puffed out, type of thing. Maybe, maybe hit hit Wegmans the next day, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we went from like DefCon Five against Georgia Tech to this. This game isn't going to make or break us. It's just an opportunity to get a quad one, but we're only going to be able to say that for so long. And yeah, um, exactly that the time hasn't ran out yet to be able to say that um, because again, like I said, I think this is a situation where if we play them good enough, then it could be a situation where we lose but still move up in Ken Palm and the net rankings and stuff like that. So, um, <clears throat> you know, we're up to, I think, 80th in Ken Palm and 100 in the net, and uh, we're moving in the right direction. And, you know, a win could keep this going in the right trajectory. But like I said, a close game against the North Carolina could as well. Um, not going to hurt us, just an opportunity. But our days of in times of being able to say that are very, very limited coming very, very short. Yeah. And, 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 you know, just looking ahead quickly and you've got almost, you know, winning those games, you should Virginia tech, the way the numbers are right now, that's the, that's a game that you should win on the road. That's not going to be a pretty, uh, it's not going to look good as a loss. Um, put it that way, even though we know why they were where they were, but um, you go out there and lose that game, and that's you know it's it's not desperation time yet, even, Boom. but it's just another one of those things that this that this UNC game is a feather in the cap, and we haven't had we haven't had a, a real like anything to hang our hats on as far as wins in Syracuse basketball in a minute. Um, yeah. We didn't have a quad one win last year. You know, um, it's kind of been a struggle. I haven't had one so far this year, and um, just with the opportunities out there, you just you have to imagine that they got it. They have to, they have to get one soon. They have to get one soon because the next opportunity no, is Virginia. Do. Yeah. Well, and when you look at it too, uh, you know, just looking at the next five, there might be you know to the 
to the average or you know to to maybe a you know to, to certain fans. I'm gonna say average, and to certain fans, they're gonna look at it and say, "Oh, okay." Out of our next five, we got a a Virginia Tech, a Boston College, and a Florida State. Oh, who are three of the bottom six of the ACC, right? But right. all three of those are away, right? And then and then we and then the other two is a North Carolina and a Virginia at home. Yeah. So I say, screw it, go five and zero. Oh. Go five and zero. Oh. He go five and zero. Oh. We're we're sitting pretty. That changes the complete trajectory yeah. of the season, right? That's yeah. what I mean. Is, is that's well, that's how ridiculous it is to sit here and go back and forth and talk about nit in the middle of the season. I mean, when you have the I, opportunities there, and it's just well, you didn't, but there's other fans that do. So no, I, I mean, know the opportunities there. We go five and zero. Oh, all of a sudden, we're in the tournament. I bet you, but Lenardi. Yeah, I mean five. Yeah, for the next five games, go five and zero. Oh, yeah, I mean, I haven't heard much nit talk. Really, but uh, I, maybe I just tune it out. And, and the other thing is, to be honest with you, I the only time I'm on social media really is like when I post for the game, and then when I come on here and we talk, we go over feedback. And it's just I can't. It's agonizing to me um, being on Twitter and all that. So, uh, what what's your score? You never give a score. Uh. Sh- I'm gonna go, God. I'm gonna go eighty-one eighty UNC. Oh wow! There you go. Eighty-one eighty. I'm sorry. It's just like that's just like what what those type of games go. And last year, I thought we were gonna beat UNC, and Caleb Love made some stupid shot, and then we lost in overtime, I believe. So um, yeah. Well. <laughs> It's hey. just how it happens with UNC. We just do not have good luck against them. I mean, no, we don't. We just don't out. match up well with them. But this is different. This year's a little different. We've just never matched up with them well because of their size and everything. And I just feel like it's a, we. There's a better chance this year than we've had in the past couple of years, and we have pulled it off. You know, everybody has everybody has their moments too. Everybody has their games where, you know, you just the sleeper upset. I mean. It, it, it could happen. It could happen easy. If it's gonna, it's gonna probably be at the dome, obviously. So, um, you know, I just that's 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 how I feel about it. In in my gut, I I'm kind of with you, but that's how I just try to stay positive on this one for the sake of hanging our hat on something. So, anyways, um, all right. I think I think that's gonna be it. That's gonna be it for us. I appreciate Big everybody game. for happy birthday to Dom's wife. He can't stay in the green room. It's her birthday. Happy birthday, Dom's wife. Uh, but look, appreciate all of you for tuning in, um, being in the green room, this, that, and the other. We will see you Wednesday for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 